Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast with me, Jonathan Puddle. This is episode 63, and it's the first for 2020. We're going to take a slightly different direction with this podcast, and it's going to be the first of a number of different episodes we're going to do that are really focusing on people's stories. I have recently been impacted by the power of story, by the power of sitting with someone, giving them space to tell their tale, and how healing and transformative that can be in the life of the person telling it, but equally transformative and eye-opening and life-changing in the ears of those hearing it. And so I'm really, really honored that this first life story is from my new friend, Maria. Now, some of you will recall that I went to South Africa late last year, and Maria is the one who runs the children's home and daycare center there. And I was able to sit down with her, and she told me a a large portion of her life story that we're going to share today. It is uh, powerful and intense. Uh, I, I need to let you know right off the bat that it is not appropriate for children. I know some of you listen to this show with your kids. I love that you do that. Uh, Please don't listen to this episode with them. In addition, I would say that there are some major trigger warnings here. If the subjects of rape, childhood sexual abuse, incest, other physical child abuse, miscarriage, infant mortality, if they are triggers for you, then you may want to skip this one. Uh, If you did support this work, and many of you did, then I I would encourage you to do your best to have a listen to it because it is an amazing story. It's an incredible story, to be honest, of resilience, of God's life-changing power. It's honest, it is brutal, it is devastating, but it is also full of hope and life and ultimately joy. So uh, have a listen. If you do need to skip it, please don't feel bad. Go back and listen to last week's episode of uh, to do with raising children and, and entering into that in a self-compassionate way, being self-aware while you parent with Courtney Berg. It's a wonderful episode. She's an amazing uh, person. Oh, also, uh, I've just provided a little bit of a glossary. There's a handful of terms that Maria drops that you may not be super familiar with. So if you hear anything that you're just like, what? I don't understand. Go and have a look at the show notes. In there, I explain uh, some of the names and some of the locations that she's talking about just to give a bit more context to the story. Uh, Also, she talks about Stephen. Stephen's my dad. I was in South Africa with my dad, Stephen Puddle, for two weeks, and it was very, very special. So get your tissues ready and uh, join me in listening to Maria Gaba's incredible story. So mm-hmm. I've been here mm. a week, yes. a little bit more than a week. Yeah. And have seen all the wonderful things that are happening here at the, at the daycare center. The graduation was really special. Oh. And then to meet all the kids. Yeah. And to spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. When my father told me that there was like, you know, like an orphanage. Yes. You know, it's a word we use in English because we understand it. Yes. But that's true. not really not. at all. No. You have opened up your home and yes. your family. Yes. To all these people. Mm. Kids, adults. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's by the grace of God. I love it. That it's happening. Yeah. And it's interesting to me having dad know some of these boys, Mm. you know, over a few years. Yes. And to tell me, like, you wouldn't, that I wouldn't even believe the the growth 
the maturity. Yes. You know. They they are right now. Yeah. It wasn't easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it wasn't yeah. easy. Oh, so it was miserable. <laughs> Yo, even now I only see the beauty of the Lord in everything. Hmm. Because I've got many testimonies about them. That when I look at the area where we stay, we yeah. stay at the area whereby most of the youth, they are in gangsters. Okay. Some are in prison, some are dead, you yes. know. But God is still securing yes. my children. Yes. Things that people are facing out there, yes. I don't. Wow. That's where I see the beauty of the Lord. Yes. Because we've got children that are committing suicides. Yes. In our area. Yes. Children that are dying from schools. Yes. From, you know, different things happening in families and stuff. Yes. So that's where I see the beauty of the Lord, that the home that I have is not my home. Yes. It's God's home. Mm. It's started by Him and created by Him mm. and is managed by Him. Mm. I'm just an ornament mm. doing God's work. <laughs> that is why I keep on saying to people, I don't want to steal the glory. Mm. Glory must come, go to God sure. directly. Yes. Because when I look at families that are coming to me through different problems, since we have this Angel of Hope Counseling Center. Yes. Uh, me and Rebecca, my daughter. People are coming here when they have problems. As you have seen, I yes. can't have an hour no. sitting with you guys. <laughs> Honestly, Immediately, people are in All and out. day long, Maria's phone is... Always. Is, my phone is busy. In. People are walking in and out. Some guys came when you were out this you morning. You see, looking for me. Yeah. So I'm like a, a, a doctor <laughs> being needed yes. by people. Yes. So that alone... It tells me that I'm important to people. Yes. And that's who God made me. Yes, amen. It's not me. And who am I to reject them? Mm. Sometimes I feel bad that I'm busy with you guys and here are people. Mm. But I adjust in my mind and say, but they need me. Yes. You see? And uh, they, they, they feel that once they speak to me, they have a solution. And they feel better. Yes. There are so many cases whereby people came here, miserable, you know, broken hearts. But when they leave, I'm happy to see a difference in them. Yes. And nobody enter that door and go out the same. Come on. Yes. yes that's good. When they come in, they come crying. When they go out, they are laughing. Mm. And uh, my foundation is God. Yes. I love God with all my heart. I've seen what God has done in my life. If I can tell you, let me start from where I, I was born. My mother was a nursing sister at Barakwanath Hospital in Soweto. Okay. Then my father, he was not educated, but he was coming from the farms. He found my mother. They gave birth to my first brother than myself. After I was born, my, mother, my father took my mother to the farm where we grew up. And then I grew up there. It was one house at that farm. Other farms were very far from where we are. Other okay. people. Isolated. We were the only house, the only family that was staying at that farm. Okay. And my father was a farm worker. My mother was working at the boss's house. Right. Yes. So we were the children staying there. So unfortunately, me and my brothers in that family, 
We were walking 15 kilometers to school. It was very far. Each day. Each day. Each way. Go and back. 15. Every 10. 15, 15, 30. Wow. 15 going, 15 back. My children walk one. We were walking 15. <laughs> so you can imagine. Yes. We leave at 5 o'clock in the morning, but we'll reach the school at half past 8 to 9. Sometimes we are running because we are running late. Yeah. The school started at 8, but we'll arrive there at past 9. Wow. And we are tired already when we get there. Yes. Remember, we are barefoot, no shoes, no tie roads. Yes. It was just stones. stones. We were walking through stones, cold and hot. It was the same with us. When we get to school, we learn for two hours, we need to leave again. School comes come out at one, we get home at five. Tired, hungry, no food, no nothing on the way. When we come back home, we still need to come and prepare food, come and work as children. You know, my mother is at work, yes. my father is at work. We need to make sure that I'm the second elder, so we need to make sure I'm how old then I was eight. Mm. So what happened before I go to school when I was six years old? That's where the abuse started with me. Mm. My father, as a farm worker, the only house there, he will send my brothers to go and feed the kettles and yes. gather them. Yes. And then I'll be remaining as a girl, one girl in the house. He will come back while they are away. He will come back to the house. When he get home, my mother is at work. He will force himself onto me sexually. Mm. So it happened from when I was six years old until I was 11. I grew up, you know, knowing that I am that dirty girl that my father will do as he please. My cousin brother was 25 years older than me. He was also staying with us. When my father is not home, he was also raping me. So you can imagine being a six-year-old, growing up, men pleasing themselves through you, yes. you know. And my mother, she knew that my father was abusing me sexually. Yes. Because why I'm saying she knew, when I was nine, she actually said to my father she wanted to take me to her family in Eastern Cape. Okay. But my father refused. Yes. So when I was 11, she forced, she steal me. And then... She took me, we walked very far away to catch a bus yes. to Eastern Cape without my father's knowledge. So we went there, yeah, being a child. When I get to Eastern Cape, I was staying with my granny, my mother's mother, and my mother's three brothers. My mother's baby brother was a builder. He had a construction, building houses all over the place there. He will go in the morning, come back late, around about 11 o'clock, and wake me up. I need to go and warm his food and give him to eat. As I go to his bedroom, give him the food, he will grab me, he will abuse me sexually. He won't even bother to eat the food that I warmed. That you've warmed. I'll just bring the food and put it on the table, and then he will please himself about with me, and then he leave the food. Tomorrow morning when I come to clean his room, the tea is still standing there. The food is still there. Mm. But as a child, you know, I felt bad, though. 
But I couldn't do otherwise. I couldn't even tell anyone. Same applies with my father and my, my cousin. Yeah. I couldn't sell my, tell my father that my uncle is raping me. I mean, my, bro my cousin brother yeah. is abusing me sexually because my father was doing the same. So yes. it wouldn't make right. any difference. Who do you have? You see? So now I've decided, you know what? It's okay. I will cry. He won't bother. I remember one night. I will never forget that night. I don't forget it even if I try. I used to sleep we, at a farm. We used to have one room house and then we have a three-quarter bed for my mother and my father. They sleep there. Me and my younger brothers, we were sleeping on the floor. As we sleep there, my father will leave my mom on the bed. He will come down on the floor. He will separate me from the boys and put me aside and rape me there. Right there. Right there, while my mother is there. He will shut my mouth with a hand like this. Yes. I'll try to scream, but won't wear. He will please himself until he's done. Yes. That is why I'm saying my mother knew. Yes. He can't do that in one room, but not hearing anything. Yes. So it happened, that thing made me a bitter child. Of course. It made it gave me anger, anger. I was angry to everyone. I was I used to beat up boys at school like nobody's business. Mm. Even when I went to Eastern Cape to my mother's family, there was a case whereby they came to the house and report that I've beaten a boy. Yes. And then they are going to get me arrested. I was 12 then. So I hated boy, yes, boys. Of course. I didn't love boys. I didn't want boys to talk to me. I didn't even want to be in relationships with boys. When I come back, my okay, unfortunately, my grandmother died while I was in Eastern Cape. Then I had to come back. My grandmother left a message that they must bring me back to my father's house. Okay, I came back. As I came back here, I was 14. But school I did only up to grade 4. So, as I get here, my father wanted to try it again. But I was big enough now to say, you won't. What was disturbing me most was he was trying too much, yes. you know. He was regularly doing it. Then I, I got angry. There was a boy that I knew, he was my brother's friend. I ran away with that boy. Mm. Uh, when I was 18, I got married to him. Okay. To that guy. I didn't love him. Sure. I just gave myself to him because I was running away from home yes. since what, that was what is happening. So that boy happened to be Rebecca's father and Prince's father. The father. Yes. So I had these two children with him. He was also abusive. The other thing was I I, I couldn't say when he want to sleep with me I I, I I will always say no and then he would force himself onto me until I got pregnant. The first child it was out of rape. The second child out of rape because I never said yes to a man. Yes. Since my whole life. I don't know how it feels to be loved because I never got love from a man. So after I got these two children, while Rebecca was a year old, he beat me up and my, uh, my eyes were closed. I was green, I was blue and green, the whole body. After he beat me up, over my money, I was working as a domestic worker at a certain place. Then I got my salary, he would take my money and go and drink it. So as I was fighting over my money, then he beat me up. The other morning I've decided I'm going to leave these children with him I'm going to go away. I don't know where to, but I'm leaving him. I can't stand this no more. Yes. I can't have a third child with him sure. this way. Then I've decided to leave him. That was now 1985. 
I left the children behind. Within a month, I went back thinking of Rebecca. She's a dot, she's a girl, yes. leaving her with a father. Everything that happened to me might happen to her. Yes. Then I collected my children. I went with the police, collected my children. I came back. I found work in Ferenachem, in Val. I stayed there at the church. So, happened 1985, 86, 87, 88. I found Mandla's father now. I tried him. He proposed. I got married to him. I got... There is a part that I left behind. My firstborn with this boy, he killed in my womb. Mm. This is the, the boy that Prince's father come after. My firstborn, first child that I had. I was, I was nine months pregnant about to give birth. Yes. He kicked me while I was pregnant. Mm. The child was born dead full bruises, full of bruises, the whole body. So I was just swollen, you know. Yeah. I, I was bad. I thought I will die. Yeah. But you know, God, I'll keep on telling people that God is alive and God is there. And God knows everything. Every situation that a human being went through, yes. God knew before it started. Mm. Because God knew that I'll go through what I went through. And he kept me alive. Yes. I don't know how I survived, but I survived yes. in any way. So after that child, that dead child, then I got Deboho, which is Prince's father, then Rebecca. Okay. So my second marriage with Mandla's father, when I was seven months pregnant with his firstborn, he kicked me from the States down. Yeah. I stayed for five weeks with a dead baby in my womb. I did not know the baby's dead. Mm. When I felt sick, I changed color. I was navy blue, the whole body. Mm. And I, when I, I break wind, I, I smelled bad in my mouth. Mm. Then I started to go to the doctor because when I sleep on one side, the stomach was falling on one side and it started to be crampy, yes. getting smaller. Then I've decided to go to the doctor because I did not know what was wrong. Right. When I went to the doctor, the doctor checked me and said, you were pregnant, seven months pregnant, but the baby is five weeks dead in your womb. Wow. And now your womb is rotten. I went to the hospital, or he referred me to the hospital, Tambo Memorial Hospital. When I got there, the doctor said to me, he can't operate me unless I have a letter from the police station that the child was killed in my womb because they might operate me and I'll die. Then right. they'll be in trouble. Yes. Okay. Because it was uh, something that happened months ago, it was difficult for me to win open case. Yes. I had a white lady who was a friend of mine, Mrs. Bretz. I told her about my situation after the doctor sent me back home with a dead child again. It was now six weeks that I'm still with this child. Then Mrs. Brett spoke to her doctor, family doctor who was working at the hospital, ask a favor, please help Maria. So that doctor, he risked yes. by not operating me, but made mixed injections yes. and give me a non-stop labor pains for 48 hours. Wow. So you can imagine what I went through. I was crying day and night. They had to take me to a side ward 
because I couldn't be in same ward with other people because I was disturbing other patients. Yes. I was crying nonstop. You can imagine labor pains yes. coming nonstop because I couldn't even sleep. I couldn't eat. I was just crying. They took me there. I remember that morning where I saw God. That morning, they left me in that side ward. They closed the curtains and closed the door and left me by myself. But strange, they put the table on the center, which was something like a bed where I was lying on. But it was strange bed. It was not a normal bed because I was fighting as I was in pains. Maybe they thought I was going to fall down, you know. So they put me on the center bed and leave me there. They left, I remember, it was in the morning, 7 o'clock, when the nurses come in, they've written something on the book, and then they left. It was 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock. I remember pushing hard. After pushing, round about 11, I collapsed. 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock, I woke up. When I woke up, no more pains. Everything is quiet. I look around. I see the curtains are closed. No nurses, no doctor, nobody. When I look at myself, I see that small thing that I gave birth to in a pool of dirty water, no more blood. So the blood turned into a dirty, stinking water. That baby was lying there. I remember I saw the nails. The hand of the child was crossing the head, touching his left ear. He was a bouncing baby boy, mm. dead. Solemn and greenish color. I just pulled myself from the baby and shifted a bit. I couldn't walk. I was too weak mm. to walk. Then I, I slept again. Around about six, seven, I heard them speaking. They came and they took me the take me off the bed and say, I must go to the shower and shower. I went, difficult, I fell in the shower as I was showering. Lucky enough, I opened cold water. I couldn't mix water properly, but I fell in the water there for uh, 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Then I woke up, I got power. I started drinking water, walking through the wall, you know, touching the wall, back to the room where I come from. Then the, uh, when I get to the wall, the, to the ward, they cleaned everything. The baby was no more there. And those dirty things were no more there. So the father of the child never bothered to come and visit me in hospital. Mm. My family did not know that I'm admitted at the hospital. Mm. I was there for three weeks. Nobody knew where I was. Nobody knew where I was. Even my brothers, even my mother, nobody. That man didn't tell my family that I'm admitted because mm. I was staying at work. We were staying together where I was working as a sales lady at a pawn shop. Yes. That's where I saw God. That when I think correctly, when I collapsed, it was not just a collapse. I think I was dead. Mm. But God held a purpose mm. to bring me back. Wow. to life again. Yes. Because really, really, really thinking of this, now only all those things, they come back. When I see the work that God is giving me to do, yes. I see the reason for God to bring me back to this earth yes. to come and work. Yes. So that was 1990 wow. when that happened. I walked, 
a friend of mine it was a boy. He came to check on me on the hospital several times. He did not find me. That's what he told me. Lucky enough, the day they discharged me, when I walk out of the hospital gate, here he comes with mm. a bicycle. Then he carried me home with a bicycle because wow. I couldn't walk. Yes. After that, I got 1992, I got Mandla. I thought I won't be able to carry a child with my womb again sure. after these two miscarriages. Yes. But because God has a purpose for everything, mm. I got Mandla, I got Bulelwa yes. with the same man. Yes. And I got Lukanyo. They are from the same father. Yes. I was married twice. Yes. Rebecca is the other marriage child, yes. and Manda Bulelo and Lukanyo are from the second marriage. Yes. So, 1993, we moved to Windmill Park at the house that you see. Okay. 1994, that's where my journey started now to be serious. Yes. 1994, we started, the houses were only the area where I stay. All this is new mm. that you see here. This extension 8, extension 9, and all these other houses, the schools and everything was not there. Okay. So, 1994, we started that small Anyana committee, and then the community, the community members, they selected me as a social worker, volunteer social worker. I was working hand in hand with the social workers. So, that's how I started my work with mm -hmm. children. Gotcha. So, what made me work with children? It's something that reminded me of my background. Yes. Because one day after I was elected as a community worker and a volunteer social worker, I received a phone, a phone call. It was a New Year's Eve when I received a phone call that there's a four-year-old girl who had been raped. No, she was two years old. Oh there by the traffic lights. Yes. She was two years old. She was raped. And then I had to run to the scene and see what is happening. When I got there, the child was terribly hurt, yes. bleeding, standing in a pool of blood. I had to take that child with the police to the hospital. Unfortunately, she died. Mm. That's what broke my heart. I said, God, you kept me. Why didn't you keep this poor child? Yes. I prayed for that child while I'm taking her to the hospital and beg God to keep that child. Yes. Don't allow death to take that child. Unfortunately, she died. That's when I got angry mm. and said, God, if you managed to keep me, you had a reason. Mm. So maybe my reason is to take care of these children. Mm. And the pain that I felt after losing that child is the pain that pushed me. Mm. And un after that, I realized that God did it purposely that that child must die so that the pain can go deeper into me. Mm. So that I must never take this very little. Mm. I must take it serious. So, I started to write a list of children in the area. Because children were being raped. The rate of the abuse was very huge. Some were raped by their uncles. Some were raped by their fathers. As mothers went to work, left the children with brothers. Brothers will do as they please with the children. Then I started a crash in Pumelelo Take Center, meaning success. So when I opened this crash in Zulu, yeah. yes, in Zulu it's Mpumelelo. So in English it means success. Mm. So I said to myself, I will succeed by the power of God yes. 
to save these children. Yeah. That was the meaning of the yeah. crash, the name that I named the crash. Mm-hmm. I said, in God's power, I am going to succeed to, to rescue them yes. from their families and to save their lives because nobody was there to rescue me. Yes. Nobody was there to talk on my behalf. Nobody was there when my father and my uncle and my cousin brother were raping me. Yes. They were doing as they pleased with me as I'm his child. He had a right. That's what I thought as a child. I thought he had a right over me. Because when people come and talk to him, he will tell them, not knowing that he's raping me anyway, but he was abusive. He was beating me up emotionally, physically, he was beating yes. me. So when people come and talk to him, he will say, this is my child. You will never tell me how to treat my family. This yes. is my family. Every man on his own. My property. Yes, it's my property. You can't tell me what to do and how to handle my children. My children as my children. So I grew up knowing that he's got the right over me. Mm. I only realized that now, yes. that he didn't have a right over my life. Right. But I can teach other children yes. and tell them that no one has a right over your life. Yes. Yes. Over your life, nobody. You've got the right to say yes. You've got the right to say no. Yes. So if you say no, someone needs to respect that. Yes. So those are the things that created the anger in me. Mm-hmm. I had that anger when I started this home. I was angry. I didn't care what the police are saying since I am even not educated because my father denied me education. I only went to school until the age of nine. So yes. you can imagine. Yes. That's grade four. Yes. In our language, it's standard two. So when I had to go to other schools, he will always say, I want to educate a, a, a girl child because I want benefit out of her. Yeah. You're going What's to be that? married tomorrow. You'll be working for your husband. I won't get anything out of you. So why must I take you to school? He said so. So it was okay. Then I carried on with my life. So, 1995, I started the crash. But I didn't start the crash yet. I started taking care of children in my house. Sure. I was feeding them what I eat. Nice. I was feeding them what I have for my children. That by then I had not only Manda, Rebecca and Manda and Tebuho. The other three were not there yet. And I was still staying with this husband. So, it happened like that, 1995, I got Elliot. You see the tall Elliot? Yes. I got him, he was five months old. Wow. How I got this boy, one of my friends' child passed on, I went to the funeral. So as I was there, my friend came to me and said, can you please help this mentally ill uh, woman? Then I was asking, what is wrong with her? She said... This, man, this woman is mentally ill and people are abusing her. That's Elliot's mom. Mm. People are abusing her. They are taking her for granted. They are selling her for liquor. They will send her to the liquor house. As she delay to come back, they will take the cigarettes and dump it on Elliot's head uh-huh. for him to scream and cry so that she will come running. Yes. Hearing the cry of the child. Uh-huh. Remember, she is mentally disturbed. Yes. Think of that pain. Yes. So, yo, it pissed me. I felt that, you know what? I will never tolerate this to happen to this poor woman and this poor child. And Elliot's bums were red yes. because they put him on the fire, mm. red fire with the bumps. Mm. I will put him and lie him down on my legs and, you know, try to get him to fix his bo- his bumps as they were bent. Yes. Then, 
That's how I took the mother. Then this lady said to me, please take her to your house. Just made her, make her a maid yes. to clean your house and do your washing and give her a place to stay. But what does the word of God say? Don't turn a person into a slave yes. in order to help the person. Mm. So once she came into my house, I felt deeply hurt. I called her. Her name was Vuiswa. I said, Vuiswa, I'm going to stay with you here. You are going to be an elder sister to my children. Mm. You are not a maid. You are a family member. Mm. So I'm going to take care of your child who was Elliot. So I took care of Elliot. Now and then she will leave Elliot because she's mentally disturbed to go and look for men and sell her body. Maybe for the whole weekend she's away. She'll come Monday. But I was concentrating on helping the child. Yes. She will come back whenever. This is the part of the show where I take a little quick break and uh, remind you that this is a listener-supported show. I try not to take any advertising here, and I'm super, super thankful for all the people that support this show and support my work on Patreon. My most recent patron is Chris. Thank you for joining me, Chris. And Kim recently doubled her pledge. So thank you so much. Uh, all of you who give, you keep this show on the air, you keep me encouraged, and you keep me able to go out and do work like this, meeting with people like Maria, uh, learning their stories, sharing their stories with you, as well as all the other work that my father and I did on the ground there. Uh, thank you to those of you who gave to that trip, whether you gave to me or gave to Dad. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, if you'd like to chip in, you can go to patreon.com slash Jonathan Puddle. You can join up for as little as $3 a month, and it is a real blessing to me and to my family. Thank you so much for thinking about it. One day she was seated outside crying. Then I went to her and asked her, Vuiswa, why are you crying? She said, I miss my child. I asked, which child now? She said, I have a girl child older than Elliot. She's four years old. Her name is Nolutando. I asked, where is Nolutando then, Vuiswa? She said, there's a traditional healer who took, I borrowed 80 rand from the traditional healer. She kept the child mm. for 80 rand. You mm. I was very angry. I said, show me where is that woman. Yes. Then I went to that woman. I threatened to burn her shake. Yes. To kill her in a shake. I, I wouldn't do it anyway. But I was too angry. I sure. took my, my brother and his friend. I said, you see these two boys? Yes. Tonight, if you don't bring that child, they are coming to burn you in your shake. You'll die tonight. Yes. You better bring that child. 12 o'clock midnight as we were sleeping, I received a phone call from the police station. I must come and collect a child. The child is there from KZN. The child is now here. Wow. All of a sudden, yeah. I went to collect Noltando. She's a beautiful girl. Now you, she's 26 years old now. Mm. That girl. She's Elliot's sister. Mm. So Elliot is 24 and yes. Noltando is 26. Wow. And she is Zintle's mother. Okay. Yes, she yes. is married. Okay. She have now Zintle is her firstborn. Then she have two more children wow. after Zintle. Yeah. So... Those were my first two orphans that I took care of. Then I got Lunga and, and Lucky. Just just for for those of you listening, 80 Rand is about seven dollars. Yes. So this child was kept yes, for, for seven dollars. Seven dollars. Yes. Continue. Please. She was kept for seven dollars. Yes. And Remember, the mother is mentally disturbed. Yes. Where will she get that money from? Right. If I didn't intervene, yes. nobody would have known where the child is right now. Yes. Wow. So I thank God yes. who led, because it's not me. I don't want to take the recommendation. 
God led to the situation yes. to me yes. so that I can intervene yes. and collect that child. Yes. And be I, his, to be Jesus. You know? To, to bring the justice exactly. that he is dying to see. Oh, yes. yes. To see happening. Yes. That is why I'm saying I'm just an ornament mm. because Jesus is no more walking in mm. flesh sure. within us. Our flesh. He is within us. Yes. He, his spirit is working yes. in our hearts to do his work. Yes. So we are still doing God's will for what we are doing. Yes. So this girl, she came. I took her to school as she was six years old. She's a Valentine's Day girl. She's born on the 14th of February. Mm. So I took her to school. She finished school yes. by the grace of God. Wow. She is working as we speak and she's doing IT. Mm. Wonderful. Yes, God is great. Yes. And after Nolutando and Elliot, I got Lunga yes. and Lucky, his elder brother. Okay. What happened to Lunga? What is Lunga's history? Lunga, as I was a volunteer social worker, was helping everybody in the community. Mm. So people started to know about me. And when they have problems, they will send people to me. Yes. So Lucky's mom was HIV positive. Mm. And she was blind. Yeah. Because of treatment, it turned her blind. So these two boys, Lunga was seven when he came to me. Yes. Lucky was nine. They came by themselves to our house. As we were seated in the house, me and Rebecca and Prince's father, I saw these two little boys playing outside. Then my son said to me, Prince's father, Mom, come and see, here are more of your children. They were laughing at me and saying, the whole world is my children. So the whole children's country are my children. Then he said to me, come and look, here is more of your children. Then when I go out, I see these two little very dirty two boys. I called them. And you guys, who are you? Then Lucky started to explain. I am Lucky and this is Lunga. Okay, where are you from? They say we are coming from the squatter camp in Lindelani. Why are you here? Aren't you not at school? Why are you not at school? They say we've been, we left the school five weeks ago. After my, we didn't have school, clean school uniform to go to school. And our mother was taken by an ambulance to the hospital. We don't know which hospital. We don't know where. So she's just gone. She's, she, for five weeks she's gone. The children are by themselves. In a shack that was built by card box, boxes. A piece of sail on the, as a roof mm. in that shack. Then I said to Lucky, Lucky, how did it happen that you come here? Who sent you here? She said, Mom Maria, don't you remember me? I said, no, boy, I don't remember. Who are you? She said, one day I came here. Do you remember the, uh, the blind auntie who came here? I was holding her hand. You gave us soup. You gave us food parcel. I was just giving from my cupboards, yes. whatever I had. Yes. So he said, I gave them something to eat. They came and asked for food. Then I, I opened my cupboards and give whatever was in there. He only just remembered the Moabite that I gave, which was a porridge, yes. instant porridge, yes. and the soup yes. that I gave. Then they went home. Then my mind came back and said, that was years ago, lucky. Yeah, he said, yes, I was six years old then. I'm nine now. 
So wow, like where's mommy now? She say, we don't know which hospital she's at, but she went to the hospital with an ambulance five Fridays ago. Yo, what have I, am I doing now with these children? Then my son say, mom, can I pour water for them in the bath and bath them? Then he started, we started pouring water and bath both of them and borrow them, the clothes from Mandla, yes. Fulunga now, and his clothes to Lucky. Okay, later I decide, what can I do to help them? We need to get their mom. Yeah. But which hospital? Sure. I said, Lucky, if I go with you to the hospital, will you be able to show me your mom? He said, yes, I will. Say tomorrow morning, we catch a taxi. We go to the hospital. We start here at the nearest hospital, our Tambo Memorial Hospital. We went there. We don't know which name did she use. Right. Her fun, yes, is Mkize, but which name? We are looking for Busisiwe Mkize. The whole hospital, they didn't have Busisiwe Mkize. Yeah. We come back, we are so tired. We came back, no luck. The following morning, I said, we go to the TB hospital because she, he told me that he had swollen foot mm. and blind. Okay. Then I think, swollen foot, I've been treated at TB hospital. She might have TB, uh, foot TB. Yeah. Let's go there. Then we went. As we were entered that hospital, I screamed to the nurses and asked, anyone know Busisiwe Mkize? Then they look at each other, these nurses. And then other nurses say, but she said she doesn't have a family. Who are you? I said, my name is Maria. She said, Maria, other nurse say, she was talking about Maria. Hmm. Was talking about Maria. Which Maria? She asked, this nurse asked me, which Maria are you? Then they screamed at her, Busisi Wemkize, we have a visitor. She said, I don't have a family. She was in a denier because she was HIV positive. I don't have a family, leave me alone. She didn't want to eat. She didn't want to take medication. She says she don't know what is happening with her children. She left them, the two of boys of hers, in the shack. So nobody is there for them. She prayed that they can get to Maria. That was a prayer at the hospital. Come on. Really? <laughs> you know, that alone proved that God yes. is working miracles. Yes. Because this woman was in denial. She didn't want to take treatment. Yes. She didn't want to eat. Yes. Because she was praying that God must lead the, her children to Maria. Yes. When the nurses say to her, here is Maria and Maria says she is with Lucky, she started screaming yes. and say, Maria, come. Then I went. When I went, she, she touched my face, my body yes. everywhere and say, Maria, is it you, really? Is it you? Where's my children, Lucky? Is it you, my child? And then she started, yo, we cried, me and Lucky, yes. in that hospital. You know, Lucky was so happy, crying, shocked. He didn't know what to do. Then she started saying, now you can give me food to eat, I'll eat. You can bring me yes. my treatment, I'll take my treatment. She was interceding for her. Yes, voice. she was. And God heard her prayer. Because look how it happened. Yes. I went to that other hospital. I didn't find it. But God came with that voice in my ears and say, think of the TB. Yes. Think of the blindness. TB yes. intervened. Go to the TB hospital. We've got so many hospitals around here. Yes. But that's the hospital that came into my mind. Yes. Then I went there. I found him. How far from the squatter camp where they were, where the boys, where they had been living? From my house. From your house. No, it was not. It's one kilometer. Okay. It's only one kilometer. 
The squatter camp is just this side, and my house is over the railway yes. line. Sure. So yeah, but it's still, not that I far. Mean, still, for them to walk there, homes, they every, were led. How many houses yes. did they? Yes. You know what broke my heart mostly is when I asked them, when last did you eat? Yes. Then Lucky said to me, some guy gave him a fish head two days ago. That's what he ate. And then La Lunga ate a piece of meal, mm. corn. Yes. Somebody broke a corn and gave him that piece to eat three days ago. Yes. So they didn't eat, they were hungry. They were pushed by the hunger to go to my house. Yes. So, when that woman has been discharged from hospital, I promised her that my, your children are my children. I'm going to stay with them until you come back. And you, when you come back from hospital, you are no more going back to that shack. You come and stay with me. Yes. Wow. I'll take care of you. Yes. She was happy. Yes. Then we left. Oh, like, you was happy now. Came and tell Lunga that we found mom. Yes. And mom is happy that we are found. And yes. Okay, when she was discharged, I went, I collected her from the hospital, I stayed with her. She stayed with us for three weeks. Unfortunately, I was the poor of the poorest yes. then. Because my husband decided to betray me, divorced me behind my back, went away and left me with nothing, not working. I had to learn to do the hair salon. Mm. I had to learn to do the sewing. I was learning each and everything in life because the crash was not paying me not even a cent. Yes. Then I was charging only 150, 150 rents. Yes. For the crash. And that money was only to feed the children at yes. the crash. And to feed these children yes. that I'm having from the house. So you're a volunteer Volunteering, social worker, social worker. Taking in these extra children. Exactly. Your husband takes off. He ran away. It was not his mission. I understood later after that. I wasn't angry with him. I was angry at the first. I was crying until a certain pastor, I went to the Bible school to go and learn mm. about God. I was very angry. Yeah. Then I wanted to know what is it that God is trying to do with my life? Why does he allow this to happen to me? Number one, he allowed my father to rape me. I was counting. He al I blamed God. I don't want to lie to you. Sure. I only saw after that I had to go through this in order for me to be who I am today. So I blamed God in many ways. I even blamed him by allowing my husband to leave me and go with my best friend. Mm. The lady that I used to phone when my, my husband is slipped out yes. and tell her that he's not with me. Main time, she put her phone on speaker yes. and she's lying with my boyfriend, with my, my husband. husband. They are in one bed. When I cry to her and tell her the situation of my house, you can imagine how does it feels. Mm. So I just saw it was eight o'clock at night when the sheriffs come deliver the divorce papers to yes. me. It was a surprise. I was angry. I cried day and night. I went to the I went to the baby school and our lecturer came to me and said, Sister Maria, you are crying. Your paper is full of tears. What is happening? Then I started to open up and tell him what is going on. Yes. You know what did that man tell me? Pastor Naidu. He draw a line on the board as a teacher and say to me, Sister Maria, look at this line. Check your distance with your husband from when you got him until the time he left you. Mm. And tell me 
what have you achieved mm. while you were with him? Mm. He said to me, try to forgive him and let go of him mm. because he is not part of your blessings. Mm. It's the time that God wants him away from you because God wants to intervene. Mm. Wow. That guy is a stumbling block in your life. Mm. Wow. Let go of him. Yeah, that was very freeing for Yo, you. When I get home, those words multiplied in my mind and say, what have you achieved? Only tears. Check the distance that you left without him. I managed to take myself to school to do the hair. I had a salon. I managed to do a sewing. I managed to go to the Bible school. So those are the things. It was within a period of four months. I was pregnant with Lucano. He left me highly pregnant. Eight months. Lucano is 17 years old now. Yes. That man is 17 years away from me. And he wanted me to abort the child. He said I made it purposely to get pregnant. I must abort Lucano. Must get rid of that stump. I didn't. I said I will never ever do that. You rather leave me. I'll raise my child alone. Yes. Which I did. Yes. So... He left. Yes. Then what happened after that was I carried on, the children carried on coming in, left, right, center, brought by the social workers, some by the police, some by the hospital social workers, some by the court itself. Then I started doing the foster care grant for some. Some doesn't have birth certificates, some doesn't have IDs. Mm. I stayed with them. That's what happened in my history. Wow. Come 1990. Eight, when I start to know Sylvia, yes, that's when my life changed. Mm. Sylvia came to the crash, okay, came Sibusiso yes. into my life. He was two months old, yes. he was HIV positive, yes. he was very sick, dying, you know, full of nappy rash. The bumps were pink by nappy rash. Yes. He was vomiting, running tummy for fully six months. Wow. So my house was stinking sour. Yes. My bedroom, nobody would enter my bedroom. Yes. The way it was bad. I would put Sibusiso on my chest. I will fall asleep while he's crying because of Nepiresh. I will wake up, Sibusiso still crying. Take him to the hospital, taste HIV positive. Yes. They kept on saying to me after three months, bring him back, we'll test him again. They gave me people, neighbors, friends, and family gave me the reason to be more strong into God. Because when I got Sibusiso everywhere, everybody was, was saying, this child will die on you. Come on, take the child to the social workers. Leave the child to die there. Yeah. Not on you, you'll be in trouble. But I said when I prayed to God, God, this is your chance to prove yourself unto these people. Yeah. Save Sibusiso, God. I pray. So I was part of that prayer meetings on Tuesday you found at my service, yes. at my church. Yes. Yes. I was part of that. Then I had to take Sibusiso there every morning, every Tuesday, and say to the ladies, prayer ladies, please back me up with the prayers. I want God to prove himself through this child. Yes. Because people think he will die. Sibusiso came into my life, was opening doors mm. 
of yes. blessings. Yes. As I named him, Sibusiso means blessing. Okay. Yes, I named him. People who wanted me to name him a thrown away child and all those things, I said, I won't curse this child. Yes. I'm going to make sure that he is a blessing. Yes. Because for him to come, come into my life, as miserable as I am. You know, Jonathan, I used to go to funerals to work, you know, to peel, do the peeling. You can imagine how many people are at the funeral. Yes. Our people are coming in thousands to the funeral. I will stand there the whole night and do the peeling. Wake up four o'clock in the morning to go and start cooking. My feet will be solemn. I will peel only to get the potato peels. Yes. All the peels of veggies that is done there. The leftover scraps from people's tables. And lie to people there at that house and say, I'm taking this for my dogs. Knowing exactly I'm taking for my children. Mm. I'll come carrying a pot on my head with all this dirty food coming from different plates. I'll put on the table. They will eat like dogs in that pot. Look at Rebecca. Who can say she's grow up from that? Who can say Manda grew up from that? I, I wasn't working. I could never have guessed. That. Exactly. My children were eating anything. We used to buy the Nicknet Simba chips. You see the one with yes. the yellow? Yes. I'll boil water, a cup of water. I'll take that whole pack. I buy it five cent or ten cent. I'll pour in that pot of boiled water and make soup. Mm. I'll pour on top of porridge, mealy porridge, yes. the corn porridge. Yes. I'll pour on it. They will eat. That's how they grew up. Mm. So coming of Sibusiso in my life, I put Sibusiso the article looking for the mom. Yes. But God turned the bed that the devil meant mm. to the good. Mm. Because instead of me getting Sibusiso's mom, I managed to get sponsors. Yes. That's through Sibusiso that I managed to know your father. That's right, yes. That's through that article that I managed to know the Australians, American people, and all those people. Yes. So, your father has been part of my life for years. I can't even count. Yes. This crash was not this, what you see here. Yes. It was what you show, he showed us that day. Those photos. The wooden classrooms. Mm. That was the first year when Stephen comes here. Really? He changed. He changed me. Yes. Because he made me open. You know, share my story. The yeah. anger went down after sharing my story with him. Sure. He said... As a brother, he gave me the hug that I never got from my father. Mm. The father hug, the brother hug, you know, a friend hug that yes. I got from Stephen. He, he's not even aware of it. Yes. That his hug yes. actually healed me. Yes. It healed my soul. Yes. Because I felt loved. Since in my life, I never experienced a love from any from man. man. Yeah. From any man. I don't want to lie. Yes. And I forgiven all the men that hurt me in life because I put the whole thing on my father. He was the first man that was supposed to have loved me. Yes. But he hated me that much that he killed my future. Yes. He thought he's killing my future. Yes. He did not know that God was there. Yes. In any minute, he was destroying me. Yes. God was there to rescue me from him. Which God did. He rescued me. God is alive. Yes. God, yo, if you ever doubted God, whoever have doubted God, I plead to that person, go back yes. to God. 
That's where life is. Yes. And I want to tell you something. Forgiveness healed me. Mm. I forgave my father. As I was talking, like now, it's a healing process to me. Yes. As I'm explaining to you, yes. as you are listening to me, you show me that I'm important. Yes. You show me that my story is important. Yes. And that means a lot to me. Mm. When I talk about my history, I don't want to be emotional. Mm. I try my level best to be strong, as strong as possible. <laughs> so, that's what I'm going to be now. I'm sitting here being emotional, trying to keep it together. I don't want to be emotional because I don't want to make you also emotional. <laughs> so, you must know that God loves us. My plea to all fathers, whoever will listen to this, I want to plead to fathers that every father, make sure that whatever you are doing to your child is for best interest of your child. Because what my father done to me is recorded in here. Yeah. Remember, I was only six years old, but I still remember each and every moment yeah. of his abuse. Yes. I remember him buying Vaseline Blue Seal, a small bottle yes. of Vaseline, using it, yes. digging in it with his fingers, yes. only to put in my private parts yes. for him to fit in me. Yes. That shows alone that he knew that he was abusing. Yes. I was not his size. But he forced himself onto me. Yes. So I don't have any good memories about my father. It's so painful. Yes. When other children are talking about their fathers, what am I saying about yes. mine? It's a shame. Yes. So to fathers, make sure, especially your girl children, mm. the, the girls are more on their fathers like boys. Fathers are over their mothers. Mm. I, I mean boys are over their mothers. But girls are close to their father's hearts. Mm. That's what I've realized with me. Because before he died, I happened to forgive and love him. Mm. And I thank God for that. He made that opportunity. He gave me that opportunity of forgiving this man, even if he never asked for any forgiveness. My father didn't feel guilty. He didn't show that he is sorry about what he has done. He was so proud. He was so rude. Mm. But I thank God I forgave him. I'm free as I'm seated here. Yes. I've forgiven him. And guess what? After he died, I'm the one who went to collect his body wow. to take him to his family, to free state, to go and bury him. Yes. And God made it a point that I was the only child that was working at the pawn shop. I managed to collect the money to bury my father. Mm. The person he killed is the person who rescued him. Come on. He destroyed me, but by the grace of God, yes. I managed, you know, to close the embarrassment mm. about my father. Mm. I was there for him as he was sick. Mm. I was taking him in and out hospitals. Yes. I was always there. My younger brothers, they are also not educated, yes. but they are drinking a lot. They don't care about anything. Mm. Me, who never got that opportunity in life yes. of being a good child. Nobody taught me manners, but I thank God I didn't choose to be a prostitute because I've been raped. I didn't choose to go and abuse liquor to thinking it will heal my stress. Sure. I sat back, I thought of what can help me. And I realized that what can help me from my history is to do something that I will love most, which is taking care of children. Yes. 
what I'm doing right now, it's a healing to me. Mm. Rescuing these poor children from abusive families. Yes. From Some children do have parents. Yes. They are not orphans, but they are vulnerable. Yes. So rescuing them from their own families yes. give me peace of mm. mind. So I'm very happy where I am. I'm, a pr- I'm proud of my God. I tell the world about my God, how good God is. Yes. Because look now. Yes. As I told you, the first day you came here, if you remember, you were not here because you wanted to be here. You are here for God's purpose. Mm. You are an angel mm. sent from Canada mm. to come and rescue us. Mm. God heard my cry, my inner cry. I used to tell Stephen, everything that is happening with my boys, every child that is going out of hand, I will cry to Stephen. He will motivate me. After I've spoken to Stephen, I even forgive these children easily. There was a time whereby Tabo and Elliot, as teenagers, they came and steal my car. That was a blessing to me given by a friend of mine and Sylvia, Joan. They steal the car. They bumped into a light. The car was smashed, finished. Mm. They ran away. First way that Sylvia said was, don't take them back. Mm. Make sure that they are gone forever. Mm. They are troublesome. I kept on phoning your father. I kept on sending messages unto him. I am so easy to forgive. And I thank God for that. That was a huge thing that they've done ever in my life. But God, tell me something about it. Elliot and Tabo, they did this, Maria. Okay, they ran away by themselves. You didn't chase them away. But what if it was Mandla or Lucanio who've done this? Would you chase them away? Where to? Because they're your biological children. Exactly. So some of the things happen for the purpose in our lives, my brother. Mm. Honestly speaking. So I forgave them. But I kept on talking to Stephen. Stephen, give me an advice, please. Sylvia is the woman who is my mentor. She is our treasure. She is always there for us when we need her most. Yes. She is the lady who is getting sponsors for me. I cannot just dump her like that and betray her and just decide to bring children home. Can you please help me, pray with me for God's glory to fail on Sylvia Mm. and give me smart ways to convince her to allow them back home. Mm. Because if I chase them away, I'm not helping them. I'm destroying them forever. Coming to Elliot, he was five months old when he came to my yes. life. So to me, he's my biological. Of course. Yes. Because I raised him from very small. Yes. And my heart cannot allow him go. No. I don't have... I, I, I used to have sleepless nights as they were away. Because yes. I, wasn't, I was asking myself, what are they doing? Of course. What is happening with them? How safe are they? What are they eating? I mean, a sin is a sin to everyone. A sin doesn't have a size. Yes. In front of God, all sins are equal. Yes. So yes, they did this. 
but who knows why? Yes. Maybe I'm being tested. How will I handle this situation with children that are not my own? So it happened that they are back, they changed, they are happy, yes. they try their level best to please me. Yes. It's not easy for a teenager to just change all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. And as harsh as I am, I am a sweet mother, yes. but I'm very harsh. Mm. Why? The Bible says we need to teach them, mm. to punish them, to get them to know God. Mm. We lead them to God. Mm. We can be sweet with our children, but they must know punishment is a punishment. Mm. We punish them because we love them. So I sit on meetings with them. I explain to them, every punishment that I give, I have an explanation for them. Mm. That why am I punishing you like this? I want, uh, my, my, my slogan is to visit you all in your offices. Mm. That's what they know. I want you guys to give me lift in your cars. But if you don't change your lives, yes. how will you be able to have cars? Sure. How will you be able to have your own homes? Yes. How will you be able to take care of your own children? Yes. What you are doing to me, yes. your children are going to double it. Yes. So you must be careful of that. Yes. So that's how I speak to them normally. Yes. And sometimes I had meeting, I have meetings with them. I ask them, what is it that you don't like about me? Yes. They need to tell me. <laughs> yes. I'm your mother, yes. But it doesn't mean I'm always good. Mm. It doesn't mean I'm always right. Sometimes I'm going over. Sure. You know, yeah. I, I speak sure. out of 10 yes. as a parent thinking yes. I'm all right, but not knowing that I'm hurting you. Mm. So if I hurt you guys, I apologize. But you must know that sometimes you are pushing me too far. <laughs> yes. So that's how it's, yes. it's happening. Yes. But as you see, my kids are happy. They're incredible. Nobody can say this one is not yours, this one is yours. No. They are the same. They love one another. They love one another. And I thank God for the children that God gave me. Yes. Personally. My yes. biological children. Yes. They accept my work. Yes. They are helping me a lot. Yes. Mandla is not working. Rebecca is not working. They are not earning. Yeah. They are living out of what I'm getting. Yes. But they are happy. Yes. Even if I can die tomorrow, I'll die a happy woman. Mm. Knowing that my children have been taken care of. Yes. You know? My home is a home. It's not an orphanage. That's right. We are a family. Yes. My brothers are their uncles. Yes. My sisters are their aunts. Yes. My mother is their granny. Yes. During school holidays, they go visit. I, I scatter them. Mm. They go to my families, visit only for two days or three. They come back mm. because I can't stay without them. True. <laughs> you That's get too the, bored. I get too bored. <laughs> I can't stay with not one of them. So, that's part of my story. Praise God. Would God you, is great. Would you pray for us, Maria? Yes, please. I will pray. And as I am praying, my prayer is for God to take care of all people that have hands to support my home. God, I pray to you that you give support to each and every hand that give unto this home, to each and every family member that's contributing to build our home to be what it is today. I know, my God, that you are the one and only person 
who know my history in fully, who understand everything that I went through, who knows each and every person who has been contributing towards us, you know their history, you know their backgrounds, not everyone has been smoothly born, not everyone has been smoothly grown up, everybody have got their every their differences, some sacrificed, they are giving out of their willing hearts, they are giving from little that they get, they work hard to get the little that they are giving us, my prayer God to them is multiply from their pockets where they've taken from, multiply in their lives, secure their families, secure their children, secure their mothers and fathers, their parents, and secure their friends and neighbors, and each and every person that is in their lives, secure more or over Stephen and his whole family and his partner and whoever is attached unto him, his business that he is running, I sprinkle the blood of Jesus in each and every company of each and every somebody who give, who did whatever they've done, the donations that I got, the clothes that they bought for the children, they must know one thing, God, that they are part of my work. I'm not only the one that is doing this work that you sent me to do. You touched their hearts. It was not in their plan, but you took it in, into their life so that they need to be part of this. I pray, God, that as Stephen and Jonathan are going back home, God, secure them, protect them, God, be with their companies, whatever work that they are touching with their hand, let everything turn into gold, multiply in whatever. You know their needs, my God. I don't know their needs. You know their needs. Meet their needs behind God. Make sure that each and everything that they want is being fulfilled according to their needs. I pray, God, and I know that each and every prayer that comes to you, God, you answer and you answer accordingly. What we can do as a family from Maria's house, God, is to pray for those whom you are using to help us whenever we are in need. I thank you in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Where do you, where do you even go from there, yeah? Well, I guess the important thing would be to uh, close the loop on the one story that we missed there. Maria was explaining about Sibusisu, who came to her as a, as a young baby with HIV AIDS and everyone said you know send him back God healed that little boy and I hung out with him while we were there he's like 10, 10 or 11 years old now and uh, happy healthy totally radically healed by God it was really amazing to, to be there and to see the miracles that they see and the miracles they don't see uh, they press in and ask God for everything they need he meets their needs sometimes there's death and tragedy and what he provides is comfort uh, so it's it's all there it's all thrown in the mix together there are over 30 people in the home where she is uh, living you know between adults and children all taking care of, of one another it's truly remarkable if you want to support her work then uh, just keep an eye out on my, my social channels and so on. I will be traveling back there uh, hopefully later this year, uh, hoping to try and bring a few more people with me. But my father is working to put together some more support options for her. Uh, this time he's just been taking 
funds down there himself every year when he goes. So uh, more, more, more growth on that in the future. Anyway, thank you so much. As she prayed at the end, those of you who supported this trip uh, with it, with me and my father, uh, you, you're part of her work. You're part of her story. So thank you so much. If you know someone who has a story that you really think should be shared on this show or you'd like to share your story, then drop me a line. JonathanPuddle.com at JonathanPuddle on all the social medias. And I would love to consider sharing your story so long as you are willing to tell it to me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. God bless. Grace and peace to you.